0: Parlor Games A young man from a town like yours, a couple states over, comes of age and prepares to take part in the quadrennial tradition of choosing which local business will provide the ice cream for the pavilion in the town park. It is a time of much pageantry, and a fete is held where the local eateries set up stands to present their wares to the voting population of the town. The competition is always won by one of the two biggest diners in town, Old GOP Soda Pop Shop or the Tres Chic D&CC's cafe the hero of our story is ready to do his part and make the right choice for the town, and he begins at the stall from old GOP's. Maybe because his family has always eaten there. Maybe because the people that eat there are more similar to himself than those at d Maybe it was because, even though he'd never been inside d he was pretty sure they hated him in there. Nevertheless, he sidles up to the stall where the familiar-looking, almost-too-friendly waitress is ready to impress him with their signature Sunday. One frosty freedom fighter is brought right up, and our all-American boy is stunned. First of all, he can see all the toppings he's heard about. There's the pro-life syrup, the marriage protection sprinkles, some right gummy bear arms, all infused with essence of small government, chilled to a perfect temperature, frozen between xenophobic paranoia and distracted complacency, and generously dusted with religious nuts. Everything he's been told his mouth should water for. But more than the ingredients, what struck this lad was the presentation this dessert was a patriotic masterpiece. With flags and sparklers and reminders of those over there, to eat any other dessert would surely be un-American. If you looked at it just right, the ripples of the whipped cream looked just like George Washington's wig, and it was topped with an oversized communion wafer and a beautiful, abstinence-only sex-education-preserved cherry. The second it came out, any question this guy had about what was in the Sunday just red, white, and blew away. However, our lad was not dazzled for long As he approached to take a taste, something did not seem right. All the bits he could see that were easy to scrape off the surface for instant delicious satisfaction were great, but the curled mass under all the decoration, and away from the featured ingredients, wasn't like any ice cream he'd seen. It seemed vaguely familiar, but his brain refused to recognise what he was being fed. It stank of corporate favours and bought congressmen, it had the consistency of a partially digested and regurgitated constitution, and was that a peanut or the Patriot Act? On further inspection, the fibrous matter binding it all together could well have been centralized banking and usury. As he was a smart chap, the spell was broken. The good fella that he is, he decided to check out DNC's stall, the trendier of the two joints with a hipper clientele. He knew about it from the flyers in old GOPs, claiming that the cherry pie was made of aborted fetuses, and the milkshake whippers were powered by the bodies of the founding fathers spinning in their graves. Another Sunday was provided and was equally well presented. Designed by Shepard Ferry and accompanied by a Beyoncé soundtrack, this was a hopeful treat, speaking of youth and future. Suitably impressed so far, our guy was ready to jump in, but he stopped himself. He'd learned from his experience at old GOP's, and he'd been to a Whole Foods once. He asked the disinterested waitress if he could see the ingredients and nutritional values, and with a gesture designed to make him feel every ounce of his privilege was duly provided with them. Wouldn't you know it? Ice cream. Real ice cream. Made with locally sourced ingredients, such as cream from Adam and Steve's Marriage Equality Dairy Farm, granulated universal healthcare sugar, some gun control eggs, which would only have hatched into monsters, all whipped up into a frenzy and drained of any warmth using media apparatus. No brainer for our boy, right? Or so he thought. But he started to look at the area in which it was prepared, and didn't like what he saw. It was unsanitary. There were malodors very similar to the ones from the other place. The same filthy corporate utensils had been used and there were sticky brown footprints running in between the two stalls. He investigated further. There were additives in the ice cream, like banker bonus preservatives, traces of Benghazi that must be something to do with gluten. The thing was so high on the government spending glycemic index that if everyone was forced to eat it, they'd get deficit diabetes. Once again, our boy is not happy. He's not even hungry anymore, and to be honest, he kind of hates ice cream now, but he's told he has to choose. The whole town will be eating what he chooses for the next four years, and to abstain would be to poke a finger in the eye of every American that ever iced for that cream or whatever. But what are his choices? Has it always been this way, he wonders? Or have people only focused on the toppings so long that they've forgotten what ice cream is supposed to taste like? Both waitresses push their offerings towards him, as a waft of the sulfurous emissions that occur when the rights of the many are digested to nourish the greed of the few cause his vision to blur and both waitresses and sundays merge into one and then back to two two ice creams, one woman, one girl, two cup two girls, one cup he suddenly realises what he's being fed and where he's seen it before his choice is either ice cream flavoured shit or shit flavoured ice cream either way, his dining experience is likely to be the same